What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Podcast. Coming to you live from our studios here in the West Loop downtown Chicago. Happy Monday, unless you're a Bears fan. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Join me my guy, Will the Go Gottlieb. He is at Will underscore Gottlieb. Our pal producer, Kevin Wells on the controls. Yo, What's up, Kev? What's up, guys? Oh, you know, just trying to find reasons to not hate my life today. How are you? Ugh, same. Cubs, Bulls. Bears, nothing to be happy about. We got Connor Bedard, baby. Help us, Bedard. You're our Please. only hope. God, he looked awesome this That weekend. young man had a hat trick in his first unofficial game as a Chicago Blackhawk over the weekend. That's all we have. <laughs> How are you, Will? Are you okay? I think we should convert to a Blackhawk show. Hey, I mean, I don't know if Mario, Every Greg, and Jay would mind us stepping on their toes, but I don't hate that idea right now. <laughs> a little internal competition. So sorry. I mean, honestly, though, the Bulls being aggressively mid might have them being the second most optimistic stop, franchise in the city right now. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid. That is, that is the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'm Don't just do saying. It. Don't do it. Bears fans are in the pits today, rightfully so. Cubs are crumbling. Socks are a mess. Yeah. Bulls are number two behind got the, nothing to add. That's <laughs> the surging the young Blackhawks right now. The arrow's now. pointing up. Maybe. We'll see about that, Kev. Our guy Kevin Kadick saying the Cubs are still number two. You seen them We're recently? We're number two. Dude, that 13-inning loss <laughs> broke my freaking heart. What was that, a Friday night? That was rough. Um, we are here to talk Bulls and NBA basketball. We will do that. Wanted to start today by diving into some previews of the Bulls Eastern Conference competition, looking at some of the offseason key moves, additions, subtractions to these rosters. Win projections of these teams that the Bulls will be battling throughout the season in the East. Uh, before we get to that, and we're going to start with both ends of the spectrum. We're going to get Celtics today. We're going to do Wizards today. Uh, and then we'll just sort of work our way towards the middle where the Bulls find themselves as we move along. First thing, though, some interesting news on uh, NBA Twitter this weekend and into this morning. More talk on the fact that Damian Lillard trade talks have resurfaced that the Blazers are basically after the Labor Day malaise of the NBA calendar, getting back to work and seeing if they can swing a deal for Dame before training camp will. This was from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski talking about what the latest is. I think Portland, what they've been trying to do is see how they could put together multi-team deals that would get them the assets they want. Draft picks, young players. There might be a team that their best asset is a veteran player that doesn't interest the Blazers. But there's a third team who might want to take on that vet and then send, whether it's a young player or picks, in part, to Portland. End quote. Obviously, NBA Twitter started speculating wildly after this Woj report, Will. And then Mark J. Spears even added in a little tidbit of his own. And he was quoted, I believe, on the Dunk Central Twitter account earlier today saying... I'm kind of hearing rumors about another Eastern Conference team that I'm not going to throw out there just yet. Another Eastern Conference team, meaning not the Heat, because that is the one that has always been at the forefront of these talks, Will. What do you make of this latest quasi-report about Dame and the trade request situation? Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, when these teams that have these, like, you know, delayed trade talks, this is when things are going to start to spice up again just because... Training camp is around the corner. Yeah. We're two weeks away. And God. I think if you're the Blazers, you don't want to run into a situation where you've got an unhappy Damian Laird in camp who is, like, competing with Scoot Henderson. You've got, like, this new youth movement that's coming in where you, you want guys like Sharp and Henderson and uh, Simons to really, like, take the franchise forward. Right. And now all of a sudden you have to kind of go backwards and – just resurface with this like kind of unfortunate situation that they're in. So I do think there's maybe a little bit of a pressure. You can kind of think about it as like a second trade deadline of just before training camp starts where they're going to try to get this thing done. But at the same time, if there was a deal out there that they were happy about, it would already be done. Yeah. Right? So this, this news of like, maybe there has to be another team. Like, does that stuff start to change? Because from the Blazers perspective, this is the same thought process that they've had the whole time, which is like, we need to get everything out of this that we can if we're going right. to move Damian Lillard. And for other teams, it's now, well, do we want to start to try to figure out a way to weasel our you know, way into this where we can maybe get a Tyler Hero or something like that? 
And I think that's where that's the sticking point. So we'll just have to see if any of these teams show up to training camp or right before and they want to make some changes. And th- that's uh, the whether or not they want to make their changes versus being feeling forced into it. Because Dame and the Blazers have had this long standing relationship that's always been about loyalty. And now finally, Dame is fed up and asking out. So will the Blazers do what they can to appease Dame? Because basically, Dame said, I want to go to Miami. Get me to Miami. Even remember earlier this summer, like his uh, his representation was even out there calling other NBA teams who were interested in Dame saying, don't you dare trade for Dame. He does not want to come there. He will not come there. So if it's Miami or bust, then you start getting into these talks about, okay, is it a three-team deal? Is it a four-team deal? You just said to me while you're sitting over there chatting a minute ago, because the Heat don't seem to have a package that is even close to fair value in a trade for Dame. What do you got? You got Tyler Hero and a bunch of junk, and you're a pretty salary-capped, strapped team as it is. The other, you know, the other thing that's always floating out there is that Pat Riley is an evil genius, and I fully expect him to find a way to get Dame to Miami, and it's going to drive me, a Bulls fan, absolutely freaking bonkers, but it's still about a matter of what other teams might get involved in this. Yeah, I mean, his evil genius right now is just the fact that there's no other suitors. If there was a better offer on the table, who knows whether maybe the Blazers take that instead. So it's interesting from the sense that, like, maybe other teams start to get interested in, like, the spare spare parts, so to speak. Yeah. Where, you know, Hero maybe moves to one of these other teams. Does a Charlotte decide, this East is pretty wide open. Maybe if we get in the Hero sweepstakes, we can make a little bit of a push um, and, like, kind of move on from Gordon Hayward or Terry Rozier and, you know, really try to, like facilitate this thing to try to move forward more quickly um maybe they package Brandon Miller in for to go get a real star that they can pair alongside LaMelo um but I think if you're the Blazers you're just hoping that like by the trade deadline at the very latest another team similar to the Sun situation gets interested like the Suns did last year in Durant where it was kind of like a standoff until they finally just said here take it all right but the Heat don't have it all to give so the Blazers have to decide, like, are they going to let this get ugly or are they going to take what's available to them? And, yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll have to see. But um, for, for me, it's just like, can, they, can the Blazers afford to let this situation drag on into the regular season? Right. And like, you think of other recent examples that are somewhat similar to this. You had Ben Simmons trying to, you know, uh, do his holdout at the beginning of Sixers training camp, whatever that was, two seasons ago now, um, you had Harden pulling the hard move where he shows up to training camp out of shape and, you know, uh, disinterested when he's trying to force his way out. The Blazers, I'm sure, don't want that kind of situation on their hands with Dame because, again, like, he's asking out finally after playing his entire career there up to this point. My guess is that he and the Blazers would like to resolve this amicably because those are giant distractions and headaches and get national media attention in a bad way if you're talking about what happened with Ben Simmons and what happened with Harden. And that's, I think, where it gets tricky is like this idea of do the Blazers just do what Dame wants in this situation or do they do what's best for them? And I mean, for me, it's like I don't even think it's close. You have to do what's best for you as an organization. Dame asked out. He doesn't also get to decide where he wants to go. He's not a free agent. That's right. not how it works. So right. maybe he ends up going there because the options are limited. But to me, it's like the Blazers have to strong arm this and try to get as much as they can because you only get one shot to make this kind of trade. And you've seen situations before where guys, where teams trade their star player and don't get enough back and it sets them back years. Yeah. Now, the Blazers are fortunate to not be in a situation like the one I'm alluding to with the Bulls and Jimmy Butler where they already have two potential franchise guys on their roster. So it doesn't necessarily have to be we need to collect every last draft pick and asset so that we can hopefully find a guy as good as Jimmy down the line. They could have somebody or two guys that are, you know, the future of the franchise that they could feel really good about, but they still have to find the right pieces around them. They still have to be searching for a co-star or a third star. Like this is this is your chance to do that. Right. And yes, it may end up in Dame going where he wants to go just because of the lack of suitors out there. But that doesn't mean the Blazers should just give up and send him there because he wants to go there. They have to do that on their own terms, which is which means getting leaving no st- no stone unturned. They right. have to look at every option. 
Uh, Brett in the comments chiming in. Thanks for joining us. Saying it feels like the Heat get bailed out to get better. Luckily, uh, similar to how the Lakers got a great return at the deadline, it just feels wrong. I agree with you, Brett. It does feel wrong, and I, I like. I'm fully convinced that I don't know how it's going to happen yet, but Dame will be a Miami Heat this season. Which that to me is, I think, the bigger correlation as a Bulls fan of what this Dame situation means, because the other million dollar question that lots of Bulls fans are wondering is. We're not the team that gets Dame, and it's like a 99.999% chance that the Bulls are in no way talking about getting Dame in a Bulls jersey. That's not happening. Could they be in some way involved in this trade to better their own situation by being some sort of facilitator? Do you see any way in which that is possible? So you kind of mentioned it. I feel like the only way where this works is like if there's a fourth team involved. And the reason why I say that is because Let's say the Bulls want to use this opportunity to maybe pull off a Zach or DeMar trade. If you are the Blazers trading Damian Lillard and you want to get all the young players and assets back that you can, you're not really looking to get a Zach Levine max contract on your books. Right. You're not really looking to get a 34-year-old, 35-year-old you know, all-star player in DeMar. Which is to, what Woj was saying in that report update. If it's not a team that's looking for a vet, then other teams get involved. Exactly. They're not looking to take possessions away from those young guys I mentioned. So, but they're also not looking for Tyler Hero, clearly, or they would have done this trade already. So what needs to happen is, like, for the Bulls to be involved, they would have to take on Tyler Hero. They would then send Zach or DeMar. They can't send him to the Heat because they're getting Dame. That's too much money, and they're just not going to be able to pull that off. They're not sending him to the Blazers because they want to get younger and cheaper and more draft picks. So they would then have to send him to like a fourth team that wants to like kickstart a rebuild, like the Hornets, like I mentioned, where maybe, you know, they get Brandon Miller back and the uh, Hornets get a chance to like really kickstart things with DeMar or Zach next to LaMelo and Mark Williams and some of the players they have there. So all that to say, I think it's extremely unlikely, but that's like the only way I could even see it happening which just, I mean, four teams trade, four team trades just don't happen. So yeah. I just think it's super unlikely. Uh, the, the last little wrinkle that Bulls fans might be wondering about, you know, the, there still is that pick that the Bulls are owed by Portland from that sign and trade uh, deal from, from a summer ago. Any way that that could be affected by what happens with Dame here? I doubt it. Just because if the Blazers are trying to move off of a superstar player, they're, the byproduct of that is that you're going south, right? right? And so because the pick is lottery protected, they have no urgency to get that pick back to then make another trade. Um, They don't have to worry about losing it because it's likely that they land inside the lottery anyway. So I do think like the opportunity for the Bulls to get something out of that pick was if the Blazers wanted to go all in with Dame, Mm -hmm. package the third pick that they got with some of the younger players that they have to go get another star. That's where, you know, trading that pick back to the Bulls or, or, you know, loosening the protections on it so that the Bulls could have that pick, that would have been the time to, you know, use that. But it just doesn't seem feasible at this point. So not only d- does a Bulls trade seem unlikely with this, it also seems kind of unlikely that the Bulls ever get this Blazers pick. Now, maybe Scoot and uh, Shaden Sharp just, like, take off and they're really good in the playoffs in two years. Right. But other than that, it just seems like that's not going to be something that the Bulls really have. You see them being, in their assuming the Dame trade happens, a team that will be in the lottery for the next couple of years at least, which at means least. that pick doesn't come our way. Yeah, and it is lottery protected until 2028. Right, and then it becomes and then conveys to a second. A second. Yeah. So, you know, there's still a chance that they turn it around in the next five years, um, maybe. But the West is tough, man. Uh, um, okay, last thing on this, uh, and then we can take our first break and dive into the Celtics. What do you see as the most likely outcome here between the Dame trade demand and the Harden trade demand as we are now, as you said, two weeks away from training camp? Harden has left the Sixers and Dame is still a Blazer. Dame has left the Blazers, Harden is still a Sixer, or both have left left their respective current basketball teams. It's tough. I mean, the Harden situation is a whole separate can of worms where I think they re, the latest is that they have shut down talks to the Clippers. So hard to the Clippers is not happening. We haven't heard anything since then. But it's then. a similar situation where he only wants to go to the Clippers. Right. And the Clippers don't have a package that Daryl Morey's happy with. So they're at a standoff. 
Now, Harden's contract is up after this year. Dame has like four years left on his deal. So this is a situation where, you know, the expiring asset is not as valuable as the locked in asset, which is why, you know, I feel like Zach Levine's trade value could be pretty good relative to somebody like DeMar, because if you trade for him, you're keeping him on the right. roster. Yeah. So if I'm the Clippers, why would I give up a lot for a one-year rental of James Harden who decides on a yearly basis where he wants to be? Like, I'm not giving up a lot for that. I don't have a lot of picks to begin with. So mm -hmm. maybe I give up, you know, maybe I, I do decide to give up Terrence Mann, who seems to be the sticking point, which is like kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I feel like that's really the only outcome for the Sixers and Clippers. And then same with the same with the Blazers. Like it just doesn't seem like anybody's going to emerge from nowhere to help facilitate this trade. So I think it's going to be a situation that ends up with the incumbent teams just not getting what they want. The Blazers and the 76ers just end up not getting the return packages that they would hope for a la Rudy Gobert. And mm -hmm. that's just going to be the reality of the situation. So I think that's probably better than letting it drag on into the season. Um, but at the same time, like with this player participation rule and um, with the rule in the CBA that prevents players from like just not showing up, these guys have to be there. So mm -hmm. it, it is going to get ugly in some capacity if they if they continue to not want to be there. Yeah. So the, the final you know way that this could resolve itself is Dame says, actually, you know what? I do want to be here in Portland. And maybe they just go forward with that. But that seems super weird, too. So I still think it's going to be Dame to Miami. Uh hardened to the Clippers and just those incumbent teams not getting what they want. I, I think I think he's going to end up in Miami too. I don't know. Again, like I said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but Riley's an evil genius and he'll find a way. Uh, Demon in the comments saying, if the Heat don't get Dame, I can see the Knicks making a major play for him. I think I would hate that a little less than him going to Miami. Just because like my, my Knicks hatred as a Bulls fan has sort of subsided. That's the 90s were a long time ago. I hate Riley. I hate the Heat. I hate that they just went to the finals with Jimmy. Yeah. My, my Knicks hatred is, has become a bit numb, whereas my heat hatred is fresh. And it would drive me crazy if he went to but if then, Miami to team up with Jimmy. It would just drive me crazy. If then the Knicks came in and, like, destroyed the Bulls in some capacity, that would, re ah, that would reignite see, but you. But see, it doesn't matter because we know the Knicks will never actually be true championship contenders and a true champion threat because they're still owed or owned by James Dolan. Fair so enough. they will never actually get there. I, I can't argue There's with that. There's no threat. It's James Dolan's team. Um, yeah, just don't go to Miami. Please. I, I am curious to see if Mark J. Spears does eventually throw out the name of that other mystery Eastern Conference team, aside from Miami, that's going after Dame. Uh, if that happens, we'll talk about it. All right, first break coming up here. Then we will dive into the Boston Celtics, the offseason they had, and where they project to be in the Eastern Conference as far as the Bulls competition. While we're sharing these words from our friends and sponsors, do us a quick, simple favor. Hit that thumbs up button, just like that thumb will showed you if you're watching along on YouTube. And, of course, make sure you subscribe to the CHO Sports YouTube channel. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Ray Chevy. You need a car? Looking for a new car? Go get yourself a car. Ray Chevy in Fox Lake because they have just joined the CHGO team. Uh, we were talking to the team at Ray, and they have this pledge called the Ray Price Promise. It's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price that you pay when you go into the dealership and say, hey, I saw this great price online. Can I get that? And they will say yes, instead of the other trickery, the old flipsy doodle that other dealerships do, which is like, oh, well, that price was for this person or that person who's a part of this club or a part of that club. Are you not a part of that club? Well, you don't get that price. Ray Chevy doesn't do it that way. Uh... So, the price you see online is the price you pay, guaranteed, no add-ons to that price ever. In fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which may make the price even lower than the one you see on their website. And as one of the top-selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and save big at Ray Chevy because they now have over 100 Chevy Trax models available, starting at just $21,490. $5. That's a bargain. Now through September 30th, all buyers can qualify for 0% financing, make zero payments until 2024, plus no money down. And best of all, pay zero hidden fees with the Ray Price Promise. Visit Chevy, Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com. Serve the community since 1963. 
Find new roads. From Ray Chevy to Shady Rays, you can take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Ooh. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered to take on the warm weather and the fall weather with premium polarized shades. Gorgeous day outside today. Gorgeous day. Love you, Chicago Gorgeous September. day. But it's supposed to get up to like 80 later this week. What? It's doing that fall like back and forth thing. <sighs> Either way, Shady Rays has you covered. It's an independent sunglass company that offers world-class products that's just as good as any expensive pair you've ever worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor, and as Matt Peck is showing you right now, indoor adventionis. It's a word. But that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the Matt Peck Lost and Broken Replacements Plan. So if you Coming lose at you, Kev. or break your pair, even on day one, they said they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back after you purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There is no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners, oh, almost caught that. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of premium polarized shades. What do you do, Matt? Try it for yourself! Try it for yourself. The shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Shady Rays. (laughs) That was so good, man. That made me laugh. I love that. The Rays are also shady? Yeah, the Rays are also damn shady. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think this is the first time I've ever gotten to have that role. It's fun, it's isn't it? Read. It's great. It's the best. It's delightful. I'm jealous. It's the, it's the only good thing about Big Dave not being here and being on vacation instead. Miss you, buddy. Miss you, bud. Um, all righty. Let's dive into the Boston Celtics offseason, shall we? Uh, a team that bowed out in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals last season. So close to getting to the big one. Uh, and they made... Bold moves this offseason, Will. Um, a lot of people wondering if they were the kind of bold moves that will get a team that has been so close to the NBA mountaintop but haven't quite gotten there, getting to getting them to that level, or if they'll be the kind of bold moves that backfire. Um, let's take a quick look at what they have added to their roster and then what they have subtracted. These additions, Kristaps Porzingis, O'Shea Brissett, uh, Delano Banton, Faye McCalick, Jordan Walsh, the rookie second rounder, 38th pick. And, of course, also with that, Jalen Brown getting extended the designated veteran player extension. Which, by the way, in case you forgot, figure there, five years, $288.26 million. Oh, boy. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, before we get to the Jalen thing, Chris Dops, the biggest, boldest move that they made getting him from Washington, sending over, uh, what, Gallinari and Mascala, I believe. I, I am a skeptic of this move from the Celtics' point of view. I have never really been that high on Kristaps being like a franchise-changing kind of talent. He's good, but I've never seen him as great. Also, deals with injuries a lot in his career, and lo and behold... He bowed out of the FIBA World Cup because he's dealing with plantar fasciitis right now. Shout out Joe Keem. Can't be fun. Um, what do you make of this big swing to get Chris Stops in Boston? Well, I don't think you can really talk about it without also talking about the subtraction of Marcus Smart. And, I mean, that is a fundamental shift in their culture, in their just who they are as a team, their identity. I mean, Marcus Smart was the Boston Celtics in a lot of ways for the last 10 years. Um, So losing him, it's clear that they, the front office, Brad Stevens, just decided that they needed to make some, not wholesale changes, but like serious foundational changes to try to give themselves a chance. I mean, they were in the finals the year before last year, obviously the game seven after coming back from 03 and that heat series. um, And I believe the conference finals the year before that also against the heat. So, I mean, they, They've been so close for so many years. You've got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown entering their primes. They're clearly committed to both of those guys uh, with the $288 million extension for Jalen Brown, which is a lot of money. And it's a lot more money than Zach Levine is making, by the way. Um, I mean, I, I like it 
in the sense that they're going for it. They're trying new things. Like they're not getting complacent with just even how good they are. Like, you know, we talk about continuity a lot. Is it worth being having continuity on a team that's like competing for the eighth seed? Maybe, maybe not. But is it worth having continuity for a team that's competing for the finals every year? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a stronger argument there. So definitely a bold move. But if you look at like what the Celtics want to be, they want to be a team that can space you out. They want to be able to have a five-out offensive system without giving you anything back on defense. So they're clearly very happy with Derek White, the acquisition from the previous season, and him sliding into the starting point guard role, uh, overtaking Marcus Smart. And now they've got three bigs in Horford, Porzingis, and Robert Williams that all give you rim protection. Mm-hmm. Two of them give you shooting. And it does kind of change the offense that you can play around those guys. And I think the other thing is, you look at, you know, who was the third option scoring the ball for the Celtics in these finals? It was Marcus Smart finals. a lot of the time. It was Marcus Smart a lot of the time. And whatever you think about Porzingis, he is a much better scorer than anybody else uh, on the Celtics aside from their their Jays. Um, so they clearly targeted a couple of things here with scoring and rim protection and shooting, and they got that. Certainly a big, bold move, but I could see it working out. I could also see it totally backfiring without Marcus Smart there losing the switch ability, losing their culture and identity defensively. Mm-hmm. This is one of the probably the most interesting move to me of the entire offseason. It is it is just so I don't know about you. To me it seemed like a not Celtics kind of move. Because as you were saying, Marcus Smart is the Celtics. To me for many, many seasons now, Marcus Smart defined Celtics basketball. Kristaps, no. So I don't know. And then the other thing is also uh, letting go of Grant Williams, another guy who I thought was a very important role piece for them. Um, sometimes I question him not getting uh, a real spot in the rotation in their playoff series. Uh, there you see our guy Kev has put up those notable departures. We mentioned Marcus Smart, Gallinari, and Mascala also going in that trade. Grant Williams went to Dallas via sign and trade, and they let the aging corpse of Blake Griffin out the door as well. Um, but I, it's just going to be a really different team um I don't know if it's going to be a better team it's going to be a different team um when you talk about continuity will clearly they made peace with Brad Stevens made peace peace with we can still be that team that is so close to the finish line of an NBA championship make a big swing like this and let go of one of these core pieces that has always been Marcus Smart while still having the continuity as you were saying of the two biggest pieces, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And there's been talk for a couple of years now about splitting up that pairing. Obviously, the Jalen Brown contract means they are, at least for the immediate future, sticking to keeping those two guys together. I mean, I don't know. I, I see them really missing Marcus Smart. And maybe I'm someone who overvalues him. Um, I, I see it. I see it as a net loss. I'll just put it that plainly. I see it as a net loss to bring in Kristaps and lose Marcus Smart. Um, Marcus Smart, Iron Man, workhorse. Kristaps, skilled big man. He could score. You dictated everything that he can do on the offensive end for them. Can you rely on him? Yeah, I mean, the Celtics, second-best defense in the league last year, uh, second-best offense in the league last year, best net rating in the league last year. So they felt like there's probably a little bit of room for maneuverability in terms of, you know, maybe they take a slight step back here in the off in the regular season mm-hmm. and try to work out the kinks as they lead into the playoffs to where, you know, hopefully they can make some real noise. And I expect they will. I mean, they're just so talented that oftentimes that wins out anyway. But I could totally see this backfiring. Um, the other thing to mention here is that there were some additional assets coming back with uh, Marcus Smart going to – uh, Memphis bunch of future draft capital future draft picks the 25th pick which they traded back uh, to another team I believe Washington who actually traded it back again to another team that ended up being the 35th pick that the Bulls traded for mm-hmm. so it wasn't just a one-for-one um, Tyus Jones obviously went from Memphis to Washington it was a huge three-team deal with a lot of other stuff going around um, so I, I do think they got good value but Man, I mean, Marcus Smart, he's making, like, I think double what uh, Alex Crusoe is making, and I think he provides a similar impact. So it kind of made me just 
wonder what the Bulls could get yeah. in that situation if they went for it. But uh, Brett in the comments compared it, saying Smart is the Caruso uh, for the, the Celtics, or I guess now he's the Caruso for the Grizzlies, the glue that holds the team together. It does make you wonder, though, we were talking about maybe Caruso going on the trade block last season if the Bulls did decide to hit the self-destruct button. Didn't happen, but we were wondering what he could get. The man is now a first-team all-defensive player. you got to assume that that trade value is even higher than it was at the trade deadline back in February. And making exactly half. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're definitely going to feel that loss. Um, I believe they're projected for 54.5 wins, which is about 2.5 fewer than last year. So Vegas is baking in some regression or just, you know, a little bit of a downfall there. But I, I still expect them to be so talented that – it's going to be hard to, to really fall too far down the standings. Um, they're projected first for a reason. Just so much talent and shooting, and I, I do think they're still going to be really strong defensively. It's just, I think it all comes down to, like, June and July for them. You know, mm -hmm. like, can they, can they get to the finals and can they win? Uh, shout out also to uh, Esteban, who I just noticed is watching, tuning in from Mexico. Shout out to you, Esteban. Thanks for watching. Um, we got at least uh, somebody who's a believer in the uh, big swing for Kristaps. Damon in the comments saying Porzingis is 7-3. He's mobile. He can shoot the three. And he's a shot blocker. If he can stay healthy, this is a major upgrade. And, of course, that's, I think, the big, the big question mark here. When has he ever stayed healthy? That's a very valid question. <laughs> I think the answer is mostly he hasn't. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't. And can you rely on him to play the bulk of uh, the regular season games, and then also stay healthy for a playoff run. Because you know what Kristaps hasn't done a lot of in his NBA career? Playoff runs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of it is teams, part of it's situation. Uh, he had trouble with Luka in Dallas. The Knicks were never really serious with him. Uh, this is a real opportunity. He had a career year last year. So mm -hmm. we'll see. But, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's just the risk factor. Uh, when you are at the top and you're trying to get over the hump, like you, you got to make tough calls. And that's why I respect this decision, even if it doesn't work, um, going for it in this kind of situation. It's similar to the Bulls deciding, you know what, we're done being at the bottom. We're going to make a big trade for Vooch. We're going to bring in DeMar and Lonzo. Like it didn't work out. I thought there was potential for it to work. And a lot of it was out of the Bulls' hands in terms of injuries. But I think the ability to make bold moves and take big swings and then pivot out of them is really important for front offices to be able to succeed. So mm -hmm. we'll see how this goes, but I just, yeah, I mean, this is, this is so interesting and I think it really does shape the entire Eastern conference because they are at the top of it. Um, football CF candy in the comments pointing out another key piece of this Celtics roster also being a question mark as far as health and injury concerns. And that's this past season's sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon, who's dealing with an elbow, uh, off-season surgery, I believe, uh, was on his calendar. And now, apparently, as we get nearer to training camp, there are real concerns about Brogdon's availability. How much of a hit is that if he can't be out there as a sixth man of the year candidate for them? And I think that was a big reason why they felt okay letting Marcus Smart leave is because they had two really good replacement point guards in Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White. Mm -hmm. If one or both of those guys misses time, it's going to be trouble. I mean, Peyton Pritchard's going to have to play big minutes. Uh, they have the luxury of being able to run offense through the Jays, and I think they'll be fine. But it's one of those things where it's just – you're you're taking a huge swing um and the risk is potentially going to outweigh the reward unless they can finally get over the top yeah um so this celtics team i think everybody sees them as a bona fide put them somewhere in the top three of the east again this upcoming season unless things go horribly wrong or they you know miss one of these key guys for most of the season due to uh a yet to happen injury would you agree Automatic top three. Yeah, I don't think you can put them any lower than that. I mean, you look at some of the other teams that we'll talk about this week, the Sixers, I, there's so much uncertainty with them, but it's not in the sense that, like, they added a huge talent. Will it work out? It's mm -hmm. they could end up losing Harden for nothing, and then that could just have a huge domino effect with what happens with Embiid. Like, you know, any any sort of injury just crumbles them. Um, the Bucks, I think, are still going to be right there, but – Giannis has had knee troubles. Uh, they're getting much older. They just, 
you know, might not have that same pop. So I do think Boston Giannis is, is coming to the Bulls any day now. 2025 plan, baby. <laughs> uh, I do think that they are still the class of the East. I think they will probably end up being the best team in the East. Um, yeah. I cannot see them falling any lower than third. Uh, um, Mac for a better tomorrow in the comments, not a believer in these Celtics that have still kept Tatum and Brown together, saying that they, Tatum and Brown, can't lead, just like KD and Kawhi. Uh, the Celtics front office, though, thinks they have to. So they think this is a great solution. It's such an interesting thing. Like, every team in the league is, like, clamoring over these big wings who can score and play defense. And the one team that has them, everybody wants them to break it up. Mm -hmm. So it just, like, they're not moving those guys. They're just not doing it. And look, you might say because they haven't gotten it done and this duo of Tatum and Brown have not become NBA champions for the Celtics that they can't get it done. It is also true that in the past two seasons, respectively, 2022 and then 2023, this team, led by that duo, were two wins away and then five wins away from being NBA champions. Yeah. I mean, in consecutive right seasons, two wins away, five wins away from winning the whole damn thing. Not to mention playing the Heat in the conference finals in the bubble and making it again the following year. I mean, they are right there. And so when that's the case, for a team that has championship aspirations – Losing in the conference finals or in the finals is not good enough. And you have to make big moves if you want to get big rewards. <sighs> i just like to get back to the conference finals and finals someday. Wouldn't it be nice? Um, okay, so this is a team that finished 57-25 and 25 last season, regular season record. And as I mentioned, lost to Miami in seven in the conference finals. Vegas as projecting them currently, two weeks removed from training camp, for 54 and a half regular season wins. Do you see them going above or below that, Will? I think that's a really good line. It's hard for me to go... One win higher than the defending champion Denver Nuggets, by the way. Yeah, I think a lot of these are... First of all, they won 57 last year. So this is, you know, two and a half wins less. I think with the East and really the whole league being like, pretty flat right now there there don't seem to be any teams that are like far and away better than everybody else I think if you were to put anybody in that category it would be the Celtics and I think there's only three or four teams that are really going to be going towards the bottom we'll talk about one here soon it's hard to really go that far to either end of the extreme in terms of wins and losses Um, when it's right around where I think I would put them, which is like 55 wins. I probably would stay away if I was betting on it, Mm -hmm. but I'll take the over. I think they get to 55 wins. 55. Um, When you talk about these roster changes we just went through and how the Bulls match up with this team specifically, do you think the Celtics have become Smart's departure, uh, Kristaps' arrival, do you think that the Celtics have become a better or worse matchup when the Bulls are going to get ready to face them, whatever, three or four times this upcoming season? That's, I think, where it gets super interesting. So I think there has been, obviously, like the past five or six years, seven years over like the Warriors' reign, teams have gone smaller, mm-hmm. right? And now I think teams are starting to go the other way where they're getting not just bigger again, playing you know bigger fours and fives, but bigger guys that are super skilled. And I, I think that's where you can kind of get away with it, so to speak. So I do think this team is a tougher matchup for the Bulls just because they're going to be playing lineups with Robert Williams and Chris Stapps or Horford and Chris Stapps. And like, who do the Bulls, it's like impossible to go small against that. Maybe you leave Robert Williams in the corner of the dunker spot to try to move around but like if Patrick Just Williams throw Vooch and drum it out there at the same time <laughs> if Patrick Williams has to be like guarding 7-3 Kristaps I think the Bulls are in trouble so yeah. you know they have played them well over the last couple of years the whole Bulls and six against the Celtics thing I think is is fun uh I don't think the Bulls would do very well in a real playoff series against the Celtics team I think it'd be like maybe five games I think I'm with you um do you see them as a team making any big mid-season changes? Or do you think that what they have assembled in these off-season moves with their trades, their sign trades, is the, the squad that they will journey through this season with? I, like, I, I can't imagine them breaking anything up. And I'm, I'm sure now that he just signed the contract this summer, they can't trade Jalen for a while. But 
do you see them do you see this roster basically being looking the same it looks today as it does at the end of their season whenever that is I don't. I think they're going to be a team that makes a move at the trade deadline just because they're already all in. They kind of need to keep going all in. Yeah. They have all their picks uh, with the addition of the Warriors pick top four protected this upcoming season. So they have some ammunition to go out and get a get a guy. Uh, maybe it'll be something similar to the Derek White trade from a couple of years ago where they bring in like a rotation player. I'm not expecting any major, you know, landscape shifting moves from Jalen or Jason. Mm-hmm. Um but if you're a team that's like that, that two feet in already, I mean, if anything's going wrong, you have to make some moves. If anything's going right, you have to convince yourself that that one more piece will put you over the top. So I think they'll do something. Um, there's been some noise about like Peyton Pritchard not being super happy there. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's in a deal. Last year they got Mike Muscala at the deadline. So they're, they're just going to have to get somebody. Um, like I said, I don't think it'll be a huge deal, but – I do think they'll be active on the trade deadline. All right, there it is. The Boston Celtics, probably a team the Bulls will be looking up at in the Eastern Conference standings this upcoming season. Bold moves, big question, will it pay off? All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, we will dive into a team that the Bulls will be looking down on next season, hopefully, the Washington Wizards, who made some bold moves of their own to start over after the Bradley Beal era. Hit that thumb if you didn't do it the first time around. Uh, And make sure you are subscribed while we share these words from our friends and sponsors, who, of course, include the wonderful, the amazing, the incomparable Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Incomparable. Incomparable. It's your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of their high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season. Or if you're a Bears fan, make it slightly more bearable. Uh, They offer easy online ordering and in-store pickup. And they also offer that great transparent loyalty program that they call Sunnyside Rewards. They've got everything. Flour, of course, for you old school folks like myself. They've got the tinctures and the vapes and the cartridges and all that jazz. And, of course, a bevy of different delicious and very effective edibles. Try the Good News brand gummies. They're my personal favorites. Right now through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop and use promo code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, and it's not stackable with their other promotions, but it's not just for first-time customers. Anyone can use that promo code CHGO25 at checkout. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. I'm sorry, summer's over. To elevate your football season. I Clearly, my brain is not okay with the fact that the Bears are 0-2 right now. I'm just trying to put it out of sight, out of mind. Put in your sight and in your mind, shopping at Sunnyside. Must be 21 and over or an Illinois Med card holder. And if that doesn't work for you, Matt, yeah, you can grab yourself a Goose Island beer. Oh, not enough Goose Islands in the world to ease my pain yesterday. Goose Island is Chicago's beer since 1998. <laughs> Thank you, Kev. There it is, Kev. But they're also CHGO's beer, and they've got a fresh lineup of beers for this fall, including Oktoberfest, we know that's going to be good, Beer Hug, 312 Weedale, and the Full Pocket Pills, your everyday beer. Mm. It's what the brewers are drinking, and it's also what your favorite brewers are drinking, something that Dave says that I can't remember, but it's confusing, <laughs> so I'm just going to keep mumbling. Nailed it. Grab an ultra-fresh <laughs> brewer-exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or... From their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer, and CHGO's Beer. Put one in your hand if you are also depressed about the Bears. Mm. Is anyone not depressed about the Bears right now? Um, other fans of other teams? <laughs> yes, Packers fans. Although, that was the one silver lining of a god-awful football Sunday. At least the Packers took an L. I'm just ready for the, the Panthers to take an L as well. Because we're on... Two top five picks watch two weeks into the season. Yeah. Ouch. (laughs) I just got so depressed. You want to see Caleb Wilson get sacked eight times in a game next year? Oh, my God. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Will. (laughs) I was just starting to feel better about my Monday. I think the the passing record for a game is like 554 yards. Do you think Patrick Mahomes goes over next week? 
I don't know. That Chiefs offense kind of looks like junk through their first two games. They're going to run the ball a lot yeah, on that Bears. The Bears, couldn't, the Bears couldn't stop me running through a hole right now. They're, they're, they're run defense. The so Chiefs also hate running the ball, though. Yeah, but they're going to run a lot. I don't know. You know who's calling plays over there? Ooh. Matt Dumbface Nagy. <laughs> they had some questionable calls in that week one loss to Detroit. What's Matt, Nagy, what's Matt Nagy got cooking for the revenge game? Oh, God. I don't know. I'm probably not going to watch. Let's go back to talking about a bad Eastern Conference NBA team this upcoming NBA season because that's way less depressing than thinking about our beloved Bears. Uh, all right, guys. Wizards. Whereas Wizards. the Celtics have the highest projected win total uh, in Vegas right now at, as we mentioned, 54 and a half. The Wizards have the lowest among Eastern Conference teams, so we figured we'd start with the bookends and work our way towards the middle over the next couple of weeks as we do these Eastern Conference team previews. The Wizards, 35-47 and 47 this past season, obviously missing the play-in tournament because the Bulls claimed that precious 10th and final spot in the play-in <laughs> tournament. When you look at the moves they have made, obviously, before, uh, actually, Kev, if you don't mind, let's look at departures before we look at additions because I think that makes more sense. Bradley Beal. The guy who has meant Washington Wizards basketball for the last better part of a decade, the guy that defines Wizards basketball, has finally left. As has Christoph Porzingis, who we just talked about, going over to Boston. Other departures include Jonathan Go uh, Jordan Goodwin, Isaiah Todd, Monte Morris, all departing in trades, and then a few free agency departures, lesser known and lesser important guys, but Jay Huff, Quentin Jackson, who actually signed himself... I believe a 10-day with our very own Chicago Bulls coming into training camp. Oh. And Kendrick Nunn, who last I checked, is still an available free agent on that free NBA free agent market. Um, what do you make, Will, of the Wizards finally deciding that the Bradley Beal Wizards weren't fun or good? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's about time. I think there's a lot of parallels here with this Bulls team, unfortunately. Brace yourself. Um, <laughs> I I think it was the right time to move on. They clearly were in a situation where they could not get for him what the Jazz got for Gobert or Donovan Mitchell, what the Spurs got for DeJounte Murray. Like, that trade package just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but I think a lot of people were really surprised by the deal that sent Bradley Beal to the Suns, uh, just in terms of the the quality of assets coming back into D.C. I don't think... Ultimately, it's such a bad thing for them, though, because they did pick a direction. They did set the franchise on a course that's moving towards where they want to be. And I think when you bring in a new lead decision maker, that's the kind of thing that happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw a similar situation with AK where, you know, there was some time uh, for him to really evaluate things. But ultimately, it was always going to go one direction or another, which was tear it down even further or try to build it back up. Yeah. Um, so obviously they didn't get what they wanted or they would have hoped for Bradley Beal, but I think that's the situation that you run into when you give a guy a max deal and a no trade clause. They could have traded him at any point over the last couple of years, but they didn't. And ultimately they're taking their medicine now. Mm -hmm. um, I, somebody just said, oh, Mac in the comments, Mac, we're better tomorrow. If anyone can explain what the Wizards are trying to do, I'd really appreciate it. I think Will just told you what they're trying to do. Start over. There was a ceiling with a Bradley Beal as your front piece, your main piece team, and they hit it. I think they hit it as many times as they could before deciding that they needed to go in a new direction. Um, let's talk about some of these pieces that they received by sending Bradley Beal away, obviously, to Phoenix to uh, inform that uh, trio of stars with KD and Booker, and sending Kristaps to Boston. You get uh, Jordan Poole from the Warriors in that trade, Ryan Rollins, Patrick Baldwin Jr., nothing super exciting there. Tyus Jones, who I think a lot of people see as an underrated and underappreciated move uh, across the NBA this offseason. I know a lot of Bulls fans were trying to, to talk themselves into a way to get Tyus Jones on the Bulls. Our guy Kevin Wells is in agreement there. Landry Shamit also coming over in that uh, Phoenix trade. Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala. Um, what is the most exciting piece of that for you, Will, if you are 
a Wizards fan or someone who covers the Wizards? I think it's just like the freshness in general. I mean, you get a new starting backcourt in there. Tyus Jones, I think, is going to be a really good floor general for them. And I think he's the kind of player that can really help develop some of these younger guys on the roster that they've they've got. I mean, Jordan Poole obviously is going to put up a lot of points. He's going to gobble up as much usage as he possibly can there. And I think he's got a real chance to rehabilitate his value that he kind of lost last year uh, with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. But they've still got Denny Avdia. They drafted Bilal Kulibli, who I'm really high on. I think he's going to be a nice player. Seventh overall pick. French Tra- prospect, right? Played on Victor Wembanyama's team, right. Metropolitans 92. Uh, they moved up in the draft to get him in a trade with the Pacers. So they obviously are excited about this guy. They bring back Kuzma, which is a tradable deal. I mean, I think they're probably going to ultimately look to move him. But Was it like four years, 90, I think? Something like Something that. around there. Yeah. Um, so they've got talent. I think their goal for this year is going to be to to see what they have in that talent. Is Jordan Poole a real franchise cornerstone, somebody to build around? Is Kuzma worth hanging on to, or do you try to offload him at the trade deadline after um, you know starting this youth movement? Can you get something out of Denny Avdia, Avdia finally after a couple of years? Will he learn how to shoot? Can you get anything out of Bilal? Um, I, I like a lot of their talent. They've got Daniel Gafford, former Bull, uh, who I think will really benefit for us from some of former Bulls who just signed a contract like a few days ago for f- season 15. Yeah. Taji. Taj. Taji Woo! They're happy for him. I can't believe he's still in the NBA. It's still playing. It's amazing. Especially considering the Bulls drafted him as a rookie who was like 24, 24. years old. Yeah. <laughs> he was too old to be a rookie, and now he's. Still, still kicking. I love it. Good um, for you, Taj. But I just, I, I like the direction. Obviously, it's not like the million picks kind of return that, like I said, the the Jazz and the Spurs got. But I think they're in a really good spot right now, where they still have some young talent. They had a high draft pick this year that they can try to develop, and they're just they're on a track now. They're going to do it the right way. They're going to do it slowly, and. I don't see them winning a lot of games this year. Right. I do see them being a little bit better than people think. Um, of course, if they, you know, sell the farm and get some draft picks at the deadline and really try to go for the tank, that'll change some things. But they've got a lot of young talent, and I think they just want to see what they have and then move forward from there. Um, we got people in the comments chiming in saying – that uh, Brett saying Jordan Poole going to drop 54 points with six assists in a game this season. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, certainly I would not be surprised to see Jordan Poole have a 50 piece on a night when he's hot because he's going to get up some shots. It's going to be, it's going to be the Poole and Kuzma show. Um, and uh, just to go back and confirm, it is four years and 90 million for Kuzma to just stick around and be one of the key guys on a team that's clearly starting fresh and, and going with a more uh, youth movement effect. But And I'm just now seeing this. I didn't look closely when the Kuzma deal happened earlier this summer. It's a de-escalating contract over four years. 25.5 mil this year, down to 23.5, then 21.5. And and he's making under 20 mil the final year of that deal. I think that's some pretty smart bookwork from the Washington Wizards front office. Absolutely. And as that cap continues to rise, that deal is going to look better and better. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The... uh, Demond in the comments saying Kuzma may take another leap. Jordan Poole has the freedom to become a 25-point scorer. I don't disagree, but I think, again, there, there is clearly a cap of uh, talent on this team. Um, I mean, you lose Beal and his production. You lose Kristaps, and you, you get in some fresh faces, but you clearly know what the purpose of this upcoming season is if you're the Wizards. Yeah. And it is not to make the playoffs. It's not, but it is... They, they are doing things with goals in mind. And I, you know, I, I think it's just a smart thing for a franchise that was kind of rudderless for such a long time to come in and decide, yeah, things weren't working, and we're going to try to see if we can't find a better solution. Um, and I, I think it will – obviously, they're not going to have any of these drafts where they've got four or five picks in the first round, like the Thunder, and they can just, like, maneuver wherever they want and get the stars that they want. They're going to have to draft well. They may still have to accumulate assets in other ways. But I think ultimately they're headed to a better direction where the ceiling will be higher than it was with the Brad Beal, John Wall era. Mm-hmm. It's funny. like the, the fact that they got Jordan Poole 
over from the Warriors, and I was, like, so confused. And I was like, I was trying to, like, re-remember all the offseason deals. There's a lot of trades this summer, it feels like. There was a brief point in time when they sent Bradley Beal to the Suns, and Chris Paul <laughs> was there. And now Chris Paul. Chris Paul's a warrior. I still forget that until I remind myself. The weirdness of these Washington, Phoenix, Golden State moves. And then you also had the Washington and Boston moves going on. The Wizards were busy this summer. They were. And, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it was the right thing to do, ultimately. I mean, they, they knew where they were headed. It was only going to get worse. And I think, again, looking at the parallels with the Bulls, like, that's kind of where I see this thing heading. And they had the, both the Bulls and the Wizards had an option to move off of their star players when they could have maximized value, and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And now they're in a position where they were mediocre to bad for a long period of time, and they're not going to get anything back for their prized possessions, and then the rebuild's going to take even longer. So instead of letting this thing drag out, they're doing it now. They're just getting ahead of it. And I think, you know, there's a strong argument to be made that the Bulls should have done the same thing and now may end up in the same position where they've got to re-sign Vooch and they've got to re-sign DeMar. And now they're just doing the same dance over and over again until ultimately it goes the same direction that this Wizards direction is. I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you. <laughs> Let me ask you a super depressing question. Oh, God. Do we have to? Yes. Okay. Who do you think wins a playoff series first between the Bulls and the Wizards? Bulls. I'm going to confidently say Bulls. Okay. By confidently, Kevin? I mean I can't admit the, the other thing. answer to myself right now. Not that I think it's the other way around. For my own mental health, I am confidently saying Bulls right now. Good. Bulls have their first round pick back this year, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. In How the, many years yeah, left on the, the Zach deal? Draft. You have four. Four years left on the Zach deal? Yeah, I think I think the Bulls will win a playoff series first. With Zach. I don't. I think they'll win maybe a t- grand total of one in that Zach contract with the way things are constructed right now. But the Wiz- it takes a long time. The to reason rebuild. I asked that, and the, the, the Wizards are in the they're in the conference question. to do it though. Yeah, the yeah. Wiz- it's the East if you want to win. I guess the reason I think that's not a crazy question. Obviously, the Bulls are better this year, and I think in a playoff series against these two teams, the Bulls would clearly win. But if you are this Bulls team and you are kind of unlikely to win a playoff series mm-hmm. with this group and then DeMar runs out, I think it's going to be harder to win a playoff series next year. So then you start to sell off parts and you end up where the Wizards are now, but two or three years behind them in the rebuilding process. Mm-hmm. And the Wizards are already on their way. They've got some young guys. Like I think there's a real argument to be made that – Getting a head start on this now helps them win a playoff series before the Bulls do. Of course, the Bulls have a better chance to do that this year, but will they actually do that this year? We shall see. Uh, Ego being in the comments said, Will's giving me nightmares right now. <laughs> I aim to please. Uh, that's, that's, that's what we're here for. Um, okay, so 24.5 is the win projection for the Wizards this season from Vegas which is, again, as I mentioned at the top, the lowest win projection for any team in the East. Do the Wizards finish? dead last in the east this year so i think that number is baking in some of this we're going to sell our parts and really go for the tank it's a 10 win decrease from their win total last season it's a 10 win decrease but it's also like one of the lowest numbers that would have been last year in a year where everybody right. was going hard i think the for second Wendy. lowest win projection in vegas right now for nba any nba team next year is 28 and a half yeah so last year uh, only the Pistons, who won 17 games, the Rockets and Spurs, who both won 22 games, would have finished below. And that was in a year where Victor Wembanyama was up and coming. Yeah. Uh, no such prospect in this draft. I think that number is just so low that you probably have to take the over, but not by much. And if and if things start to go south and they really want to sell off parts, I I could definitely see it going under. But that that number is just too low. I think, yeah, to, to really feel confident that they're going to go under. Well, there it is. You're uh, going in a new direction. 23-24 Washington Wizards season a preview. Hmm? A new hope. A new hope. Help us, Connor Bedard. You're our only hope. Um, <laughs> that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back tomorrow. We've got some fun uh, guests for you guys scheduled this week while Big Dave is taking some time off, including uh, an in-studio guest tomorrow. So be sure to tune in for that. And then in between these guests coming and going, we will keep rolling along in these Eastern Conference team previews. 
to just kind of keep things fresh. We still got to go back and finish our uh, our Prove It player goals. We'll get back to that when Dave's back in the saddle. Uh, but we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, 4 p.m. Central Time, right here at CHGO Studios. Until then, Will is on Twitter at Will underscore Gottlieb. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Shout out and thanks to our pal producer, Kevin Wells on the controls. Everybody out there in Bears Nation, let's just let's just have a nice night, shall we? Let's watch some NFL Grab football. Grab yourself a goose island. That, oh, my God. Grab yourself a goose. Maybe pop into your local sunny side and forget that yesterday happened. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you, Red. Be good. <laughs>